0: What's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q on 1 edition of the Talk to Q Radio show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q on 1s, what I like to do is interview people. He's a sports
1: podcaster who started back in March, but he's been blowing up ever since. From the Lone Star State of Texas, please welcome the host of the Out of Bounds podcast, Corey Harrison, to the Talk to Q Radio show. Corey, what's going on?
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Q. Glad to be on the show.
1: Glad to have you on, man. And let's start with the podcast. Well, no, let, let, let me do this. Let me start from the beginning. At what part of your life did your passion for for sports start? You know, how did that happen?
2: Well, initially it started back when I was in high school, high school freshman. Um, I kind of played football back in when I was in middle school but I wasn't really passionate about it or serious about um, playing sports. It wasn't until um, the year 2000, probably when the century turned, I um, kind of gravitated to the Lakers. And I started watching, you know, Laker basketball, you know, watching how um, – you know, Kobe played with Shaq. Now, I did follow Shaq back when he was with Orlando, but like I said, I wasn't really passionate about sports until um, that year when I started the freshman high school because a lot of people would be talking about sports and involved with sports. And so I started following them and gravitating towards basketball. Then football came, and then I played my freshman year of football um, for Everman High School. And it kind of took off since then. You know, I kind of, like, followed the Lakers ever since that year. And then a lot of people don't know that I was actually a Minnesota Vikings fan when I was in high school during that time. Oh. Yeah, transitioned to the Cowboys because going back to my um, my grandfather and his roots, he was a diehard Cowboy fan. I watched Cowboys games with him. But I really wasn't into sports like that. I would watch them, but I was really – you know, when I got a better understanding, I love Randy Moss. I was a big Randy Moss fan.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, it's not too much not to like about Randy. Randy was one of the best to ever do it at the wide receiver position. And so, okay, so for someone who really just wasn't into sports, you know, in the early part of your childhood, things changed, you became more passionate about it. So what gave you the motivation to start the Out of Bounds podcast?
2: It's interesting you ask that because when COVID happened and everything was pretty much shut down, I I manage a gym and a lot of thought process goes to the day-to-day operation of running the gym. And sometimes I struggle with cutting it off. And even at home, um, I have to be busy. I can't like sit around and not do anything for an extended period of time. Like my body is just used to moving and doing something. And so, you know, at work, we would discuss sports with, you know, various different staff members. You know, we would have, like, different debates about, you know, best teams. You know, sometimes the members would get involved. I got, like, my regular members that are are there, and we would kind of talk about, you know, different teams. They would talk about their favorite teams. I would talk about my Lakers. I would talk about my Cowboys. And so on the way to work every morning, I will watch the Undisputed podcast with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite go-to podcast and sometimes, you know, some of the topics they would talk about, I didn't agree with some of the top, topics. And I said, man, I could possibly, you know, get on there and, you know, talk sports. I could do that. I said, you know what? I, I said, I'm going to try it. So I I told I talked to my cousin about it. I said, you know, me and you talk about sports every single day. We text about different teams, things happening around sports. And this was, like, even before everything was pretty much shut down, you know, the NBA was gone. And I brought it to his attention. I said, you know what? We should come up with a podcast. And I had came up with the name, you know, even before the shutdown happened. I said, we should start one. I said, man, I don't know what to do because I don't have no equipment. I don't have, you know, I don't have this. I don't have that. He said, um, yeah. once you get the equipment, let me know and we can, you know, we can do it. So the shutdown happened. It was my son's birthday. And I said, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and start this podcast. And I told him, I said, I figured out that there's an app called Anchor that I could just download. You don't even have to have a whole lot of equipment. You can use your phone and your headphones to get started. So I said, let's do it. Let's let's, just do a show today, and I'll make some topics or whatever, and we just kind of, like, feed off each other. So we launched the first episode with me and him. I invited my brother as well. So all of a sudden, my brother chimes in with a bunch of background noise, and I'm like, man, this dude is on here, and he knows that we're going to start the show and he got all this background noise going on. So I'm like, man, what are you, like, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, like, this, this show is going to be horrible. You know, first after game, it's going to be a horrible show. And so then um, his friend gets on, and his friend was just on there unscripted, don't know the topics or whatever, and, you know, basically using a bunch of profanity. I mean, that's okay to use, you know, drop a few words here and there, man, he was heavily using, you know, different words right. on there. And I was like, man, my mom, my mama got to listen to this too, man. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, we just went through the show, and for really, honestly, I got a lot of listens off of that one, that first episode. Like, I put a lot of thought process into a lot of other ones, but for some strange reason, that was probably, like, one of my top three episodes in terms of listening. It worked like like, that I thought that show was awful. Like, one show I put a lot of work in, a lot of editing, like, a lot of passion into it. I had a great guest. And I hardly didn't get nothing, but then that little trash show <laughs> got all the listeners. And then and we talked about this before. My cousin was uh, was on like my earlier episodes, and then he just ghosted me. He like he didn't even get on. You know, I was sending him invites for shows or whatever, and I was like, man, I didn't anticipate this being a solo show. And so I was like, man, I I I, I work better with. Talking to people and guests and stuff like that, like I have to feed off of somebody, and I did a few shows solo, and I just, I just don't feel comfortable. It's kind of like being in the ocean without a life jacket. Like I need, yeah, yeah, to be able to feed off of somebody. Like it's really, really hard to do a solo show.
1: I, I feel you on that, man. I mean, my shows always relied on the callers. You know, my show legends and my callers have helped carry this show for years, so. I can understand it. And you've had some pretty interesting people on your show. What's the experience been like? Because um, your show reaches pretty deep in the sports community.
2: Very first, um, you know, like, well-known guest was Daniel Artest. And the funny thing is is that I didn't even know uh, at the time, I didn't know who Daniel Artest was. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew that Juan Artest had siblings, but I didn't know their names or who they actually were. And so I put a generic post on Instagram. I said, um, I had a picture. I said, who wants to get on my show? I mean, I'm going to, you know, I'm trying to just, just trying to say, and just basically trying to see if anybody would be interested in getting a sports podcast and talking about sports. Who wants to get on my show? Like, I was like, I don't know who this is. You know, they said, I it. And so I got to look at on his page, going through his page. And then I found out this was Ronald Tess's brother. And I was like, oh, my God. I told my wife, I said, Ronald Tess's brother, just follow me on Instagram, and he wants to do my podcast. And I was like, I don't even know what to say. She said, what you normally do with other guests? And I was like, but this is Ronald Tess's brother. She said, you still can, you know, still have the same content. And I was like, I was never wrecked that first day. And then once we started talking about sports and the Lakers, I was good. Like I knew um that my knowledge and my um passion for sports is it's pretty much like you could talk you know, it's 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 like a um a universal language. Like you can just like talk to anybody about it. Like it doesn't matter who they are, you know, like like me and you we got on a a podcast together and your show is not really predominantly about sports, but we had a great show. And I thought if you know sports, like it, it'll be, I mean, like, it, you, you should you, you don't have no way of messing that up. Like, you can, if you know what you're talking about. And it, it, it turned out to be a, a pretty decent show. It, you know, kind of rocky at first because I was nervous. And he probably didn't know it, but I was really nervous. Mm-hmm. And then I started, like, reaching out to, like, more people on Instagram, like, really, like, just casting that net. Sometimes, right. they all, you know, want to do it. Sometimes they won't. You know, I just keep on going.
1: That's all you can do, man. But um, the interview with Daniel Artest was nice. Uh, really enjoyed the one you did with Clipper, Clipper Darryl, Uh unofficially yeah, the yeah. our Los Angeles Clippers fan ever. Probably the only super fan of the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed that interview. That was pretty cool. He gave you a hard time about you being a Lakers fan. And uh, but I, I wanted to bring you on to talk about the state of sports. You know, there's so much happening right now. And it's the longest we've gone about major sports in this country. I don't know, probably since World War II. I'm not sure. But let's start with my favorite sport, which is football. COVID-19 doesn't appear to be going away. We're almost assured that they won't, that there won't be any fans um, in the stands. And if so, maybe a limited amount in week one of the NFL. However, are we getting to the point that we have to worry about if the season's even going to start on time?
2: Well, at first... I was, I mean, it, all things looked like it was going to be green, you know, as far as like the season. You know, we had the draft. They had already figured out what training camp they had already sent out to the GMs about what the guidelines were going to be. They already have this. But then, boom, what happened last week? We got positive tests from NFL players, and not just any NFL right. player. You got star running back for the Cowboys that tested positive for the COVID nineteen, that right there is gonna be a major step back. Like they haven't really officially said anything, but you can almost, you know, certain be certain that this is gonna have some ramifications as we try to get this thing started. Like basketball have already got their plan in place, but this is after they already kind of did their response to the case. NFL hadn't had a chance to do that because this is their first real like major case. I think they had one mm-hmm. like I think back in uh um March I think or whatever, but it was Sean kind of like pushing the rug. They didn't really Yeah, yeah. But they like they he he recovered. But now you got new cases from like NFL stars and you already know, like they already gonna basically try to uh, probably put that little gathering on Zeke or whatever. Like they gonna really like try to stick it to Zeke. I already know, but right, right. I, I think some of this stuff that he that they kind of put on Zeke is kind of unfair. I think they be like they really be targeting Zeke, and because of his past, which you know I feel like the man said he was you know remorseful for what he did in the past and that he you know trying to you know change his life around. I think they should give him that opportunity to do so and and not. Critique every little thing. Now, I know you're you're a Dallas Cowboy running back. You know that's that's pretty high profile. But like, you know, like the other man is privacy. You know, so I don't. I think that was kind of tacky about them releasing this information. Like,
1: I mean, you think the NFL is going to pump the brakes on training camp with uh, some of the Cowboys and the Houston Texans uh, testing positive?
2: I think it's very very likely. Like 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 I said, we haven't heard anything about the response to this. I at least I haven't but I, I can almost probably – I would probably put my money that it's going to probably be some kind of delay or or they're going to have to readjust some things. If they don't, they march forward through it, they might have a plan in place already for this situation. They probably already have that already in the plans already, That and that could possibly be um, a scenario too, but – with them like having fresh new cases like that, I just can't see them starting this thing on time. Even with, I don't know yeah. if you know about the actual guidelines they have got in place right now. And the first person I heard really just chime in was uh, the Baltimore Ravens coach John Harbaugh about how it was um, it was like humanly impossible for them to be able to to do this. You know, you think about football. How are you gonna be able to uh, social distance and you have a huddle, you know?
1: You can't being
2: in showers. You you can't do that. So guys attack on each other. Yes. It's it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out. I don't see how this climate is gonna be able to um allow a sport like football to go on without with with everybody being able to check the, the boxes of doing everything the C D C is wanting them to do. I don't feel like that's gonna be something that they're gonna be able to do. And then you're gonna have, you know, like behind closed doors, who's gonna be enforcing this? Like some some teams might be doing what they're supposed to do, but then you might have rogue teams that might do on their own thing and they got a uh a, a competitive advantage. Yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting to to see how we're gonna be able to get live football back. Basketball kind of looks like they got their stuff in order, but I, I just can't see how football is going to be able to return back under these new set guidelines. And then especially since we got brand new fresh cases of COVID against, I mean, with yeah. prominent uh, athletes in the sport.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to worry myself at this point. Um, a month ago, yeah. I was like, well, this stuff will be gone before football gets here, but um, it's still around, so I'm a little worried at this point. But as far as basketball is yeah. concerned, the NBA is trying to finish their season. They're trying their best. Should they do so? And do you like the format that they have in place with the, um, what is it, eight regular season games and then jump right into the playoffs?
2: I think that um – The NBA did their due diligence, and I think that looking at everything that they've got laid out, I I would just be happy for basketball just to return in some kind of capacity. So I'm not going to say here and say that I don't like the format or, you know, it could be like this or it could be like that. Like, whatever y'all got going on, I'm going to watch it regardless. But as far as should they return back, I only would want – and I've already preached this before on several different other shows that I've had, as long as that they uh have player health in mind, player safety in mind, I'm all for it because this, the, the league is really a player's league that I mean that with the NBA, it's a player's league. And you have a lot of prominent voices that can really swing the pendulum power in in the sport. Like, you have your owners or whatever, but you got players like LeBron James, you got, you know, big prominent athletes with big voices or whatever that have, you know, power to be able to um, sway decisions. And I'm pretty sure that it ain't been reported, but I'm pretty sure the commissioner probably met with LeBron or talked to him about it. You know, you have to. It's the player's lead. And just like, you know, I know Patrick Devin's being funny, but if the wants to play, NBA plays. Pretty much. If you think Pretty about much. it, that's the same thing with my, in the Michael Jordan era. In the Michael Jordan era, they listened, like Michael Jordan ran the NBA. Even though you had your commission, you had your honors and things like that, it's a player's league.
1: So, but if they finish the season, will this year's champion have an asterisk beside their name because of how this whole COVID thing would have left the playoffs so disjointed from the regular season? Or, or what happens if let's say the Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks get to the finals, and then Giannis tests positive for COVID and has to sit out the NBA finals. I mean, would will it, will it take the championship at all?
2: I just addressed this, this, um, this, this very question because somebody else asked me the same question, and the answer is absolutely not. If you think about, and I'm just saying like a champion in general, I'm not, you know, like not going to be biased to my team. If a a champion emerges out of this, the degree of difficulty, being uh, sheltered in place, being away from your team, not having that chemistry, having to restart from scratch and be thrusted back into a playoff scenario, fighting for, um, you know, uh, the the will to win, get to the championship, is probably – the the best champion and and that we've probably seen just because of the degree of difficulty to get to the title. So then I, I absolutely don't think so. But as far as um, you know, somebody like you know, like you said, like Giannis tested positive, like a player like that. I mean, look what happened to the Warriors. They got hurt. Uh, I, that whole entire team was hurt, and Toronto got a free championship. I'm, I I'll keep preaching that. Like they got they like they 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 know for a fact that the Warriors full strength they wouldn't have been able to beat them like they did. So, um, you know, same thing with COVID, like someone tests positive for that and they shit out. I mean, I would basically say the Warriors was a victim to uh the injury bug, you know, COVID happens, you know, whatever team, you know, this 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 that has to be considered. But if a champion emerges, you don't put an asset by it.
1: Okay, that's a very interesting perspective. You said the degree of difficulty may be higher. That's a take I hadn't heard before, so I kind of, kind of like that. That's interesting. Um, yeah, how do you yes. feel about the players that don't want to continue this season? I mean, should they be allowed to sit out? I know they said they're going to dock their pay, but um, regardless if it's due to social injustice or COVID or both, um, should they be allowed to sit out without any real penalty?
2: So, and conflicted on this because I I work in an environment myself that um, is not really friendly to the employee. You know, um, and I look at the the basketball, yeah, this is entertainment, but this is the player's job. So if you got the commissioner, which is pretty much over the NBA, and they have agreed to restart the season, and they are calling all the players back, this is your job. You have a contract to do this job. There should be some implications if you decide to sit out. You know, you want to sit out, that's your problem. You know, we can't make you, do your, you know, do your job just like any other job. We can't make you do your job. Either do it or you don't. But there are some consequences right. in not doing it. So, Absolutely. you know, there should be, you know, consequences, of course, if you decide to sit out, if you want to, you know, because I don't see any plan of action. Like, even if you're sitting out with social injustice, okay, that's fine. Many times they've done this, you go back to the 60s with protests and things like that. What has happened from the 60s to now with protests? And I'm not sitting here, um, you know, bashing and that you, want, you can use your voice on how you want to use it. But I think that aspect, that we've, we've moved past that. You know, and I feel like um, we, they need to have a plan. If they're going to sit out, what is your plan? What is your next move? I haven't heard that. Now, sitting out like say for instance like a player like LeBron besides to that which he said he's playing, that could affect the bottom line. People want to watch LeBron play. Now, if you want to start you know affecting the money or whatever, that right there could. Start, but with that in mind, they they could rip up the CBA because they don't have enough games played. Like the current CBA right now could be tossed in the trash if they don't get the season restarted now. They got a plan in place. That's why they haven't never closed the door on restarting the season because that CBA is at stake right now.
1: Right, right. Real quick before we we, we switch subjects, Uh, I saw a release today about a documentary coming out on YouTube and IG in July about Kobe Bryant. It's called Mamba Out, and it's going to be an eight-part series, and I know you're a big Kobe fan, so I just wanted to ask you uh, your reaction to that.
2: Well, I was really excited when I did hear about it. I'm really um, excited to see that because that championship was a redemption. We had lost in 2008 to the Boston Celtics, and then we were able to uh, get back to the finals and win it in 2009 against the Orlando Magic. And then the luck of the draw in 2010, we were able to get the Celtics again, and we had gotten blown out that final game in 2008. Like, they routed us. It was embarrassing. And so for that 2010 team to be able to uh, not only beat the balls and Celtics and win the championship, that was just the culmination of just how that Lakers team was built. You know, they was – pretty much, like, you really didn't have a whole lot of big-name superstars outside of Kobe. You know, they was kind of, you know, it's a bunch of misfits. Like, you know, like, you got, like, these third part players that kind of, like, did their job. and you had one superstar, Kobe, and then you have Paz Gasol that kind of came into his own. You know, like, does Paz Gasol win a championship without being on that team? Absolutely not. I don't think so. Kobe taught him how to be a winner. He came. In, he's a Hall of Famer now because of that team. So I'm really excited to see how this is going to shape up. And then it come out. And, you know, you said July, right?
1: Uh, yeah. I think the um, what I say, July 1st. I can't recall exactly. I think it's July 1st.
2: Excited because that's my birthday month. So I'm going to be looking at that as an early birthday gift to myself. I'm going to be locked in. I'm going to watch <laughs> it. I'm going to reminisce. I'm probably going to cry. As a, because you know Kobe was my god, man. Like, and just, I mean, like when I found out about what happened, man, it just it's still, it's still a struggle that Kobe is not amongst us today. Like, I'm still trying to come to grips with that, and so watching that is really gonna, you know, you know, really, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be uh, put on the heartstrings, man. It's really gonna, really um, make me, you know, really think about all the things that I've been able to see you know throughout the years from the Lakers and him and I'm really excited to see it
1: and yeah, I mean the ten year anniversary of the last championship, and um so I don't know if they had planned to release it this year all alone or not um I don't know how much the fact that there are no sports on makes them want to release it now or the fact that kobe passed away make them less. so i don't know if this was the original plan or not but uh, i will definitely check it out i think they released part one and two on july 1st on youtube and instagram and uh, i don't know how long each episode is but there are eight episodes and uh i guess in honor of kobe's number and um i'm going to check it out man i think it's going to be really really cool to see and will be emotional but um So I think it's going to be a must-see for anyone who's an NBA fan, not just a Laker fan. And All right, but I'm going to switch gears to something I hardly ever talk about on my um, podcast, and that's baseball. (laughs) But baseball probably had the best chance out of the four major sports to restart this season because there's very little physical contact in baseball when you compare it to football, basketball, and hockey. Yet the owners and the players appear to be arguing over dollars more so than health concerns. And, you know, following the strike that canceled the 94 season, the steroid era, the sign-stealing era, if Major League Baseball doesn't have a 2020 season, will they ever recover and be considered a major sport if they don't have a season?
2: Of course. um, If you think about baseball, even though, like, I'm not a big baseball fan, but a lot of money is involved with baseball, you know so if you're you know asking if they're going to be able to recover if they don't have a season i think absolutely they would be able to recover because baseball is still america's favorite pastime now i do think it's kind of tacky that they're arguing over you know money and not really the player uh player safety but i did also hear that they had um a counter proposal the union um had a counter proposal and they planned on doing a 70 game um season and I'm not sure exactly if that was um accepted um but it was reported that they did have uh, a counter proposal after on the table with including um an expanded playoffs from this year and up into 2021 I think with the the, the players prorate we fully prorated um they did have a, a on the table that they were going to begin spring training towards the end of this month, and yeah, I, I think that they if they didn't decide to you know come to an agreement on this, they will definitely uh, recover, just because you know a lot of money is involved with baseball. And
1: yeah, I don't I don't know, man, because like after the '94 World Series was canceled. Uh, baseball at that time was averaging 31,000 fans per game, and that dropped to 24,000, I think, that very next season. And it took all the way until 2002, eight years later, for them to get back up to 31,000. So they did recover, but it took eight years. Now you have scandal after scandal, people who can't get in the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I just feel like they're really taking the risk that they don't need to take. I mean, the Montreal Expos were never the same after the 94 cancellation and they ultimately relocated to Washington to become the Nationals so I I wonder if you know another franchise or two may end up having to fold if this season is canceled you know as far as a um a domino effect but yeah okay, we'll see what happens um, I, I I used to be a huge baseball fan growing up but in the Late 80s, early, early 90s, they kind of lost me, man. It, it just became so much about money and players, you know, trading players in the middle of the season because you want to save money. And so you couldn't even buy a jersey because you didn't know if your player was going to be there after July. And I just kind of got away from it because it just really became money ball, kind of like the movie.
2: And, and, and I don't know if you really know this or not, um, Some of the, like some of those stadiums, uh, some of those areas, of the baseball is being played, it, it can some of them are like some of the most racist situations ever. Like, it's, it's kind of crazy. So, I really never got into baseball because it just, I mean, it just, it's still not as diverse as I would want it to see. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: and um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they get it together. But They've missed a golden opportunity to try to um, give people something to do Without any competition, because if they come back um, late in the year and football is on and basketball is on or whatever, man, nobody gonna watch the baseball.
2: Yeah, and that in that way, I can kind of see like what you're saying. Like, yeah, I can see how you can say that.
1: So I'll get you out of here on this, man. Um, NASCAR has decided to do away with the Confederate flag. No one is allowed to bring one into the racetrack during one of their events. Do you think that this is fair? And how do you think they're going to police
2: it? I I think that due to our social climate, what's going on right now, as far as it being fair, um, I think it's the right thing to do. You know, we're not even talking about it being fair at this point. It's like okay. the right thing to do. Um, it's the convenient thing to do, nevertheless, as well, because, you know, you see all these different, businesses and companies and CEOs now speaking out, now wanting to do something now all of this time. Why now? Because the bottom line is money. It's more convenient for you to go ahead and take a stance now to be in front of this and be behind this or whatever you want to do. So I think it is the right thing to do. Okay.
1: And um, it shocked me. That's the last sport I thought would have any type of, you know, what a lot lot of people are calling a knee-jerk reaction to a lot of the civil unrest that's going on. But may I have to applaud them for, for taking a stand? But by the same token, I know a lot of people who will be upset and will boycott. We'll see how they will attempt to police it if someone brings something in and decides to waive it. During the race, I mean, I'm not sure they're going to throw people out or what's going to happen, but it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, I know that uh, one of their, on the main circuit, their only African-American driver that I'm aware of, uh, Bubba Wallace, uh, drove a Black Lives Matter paint scheme on his car, a number 43 car, and that wasn't necessarily well received. And I hear um, they have a Blue Lives Matter car. That someone has now I guess that's in response to the Black Lives Matter So, But you know sports is a microcosm of society So I guess it was bound to happen We'll see what goes on with that
2: I was going to say um, You brought an interesting point About politics being in sports Hasn't politics been in sports Like years You know you go back to the 60's When they raised their fists At the, um, the Olympics You know that was a political yeah. stance Definitely. When 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 you when you have teams that win championships, where do they go after they win the championship? They go to the White House. Politics, business, sports.
1: Very true, very true. And not everyone goes. Some people refuse to go. <laughs> There's Always some controversy.
2: Right, right.
1: Well, Corey, bro, it's been a pleasure to have you on, man. This two-on-one edition of the Talk to You Radio Show. I really appreciate it. Tell everyone where they can find the out of bound podcast and connect with you on social media.
2: Oh, everything um, is out of bounds. I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group out of bounds, um, Twitter, um, just search out of bounds. Um, I'm also on, um, Instagram, Snapchat, like you name it. I'm on everything. Um, and out of bounds we're, we're right now, we're trying to get our merchandise together. Um, once I can actually figure out how to get everything together, I will definitely send links out um, on my pages. But, yeah, I'm, I'm on Out of Bounds, everything. So if you want to follow me, I'll be on uh, all major platforms.
1: All right. And I will have a link to your show on the com website on the show page. so Everyone can also find you there. And, man, keep doing what you're doing, you know. I've, I've only known you for a few months, but I, I'm a huge fan of your show, and I'm a huge fan of you, you know, as a young dude doing his thing, taking care of his family, all of that good stuff, man. So I wish you nothing but the best.
2: I appreciate you having me on the show and, and the uh, support that you've shown um, is really what, you know, people like you really keep me pushing forward, even though when I, sometimes I make feel like it's kind of difficult. And it's kind of, you know, hard for me to get content together. I think about people that have been supporting me that's out there that actually listen to the show, and I can't give up. I can't.
0: And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to talktheq.com and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at TalkTheQ and that's Talk, the number two Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q and I'll see you next time.